We must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. What we do not do is spy unlawfully on Americans. We are leaving in 2014, period. Ladies and gentlemen, we got them. America's public enemy number one in the United States is drug abuse. In order to fight and defeat this enemy, it is necessary to wage a new all-out offensive. You are listening to Biting the Bullet with Luke and Typo. Uh, how, how should I start these now? Should I just be like, welcome back? Uh, I don't know. Just start it. <laughs> I'm We're gonna, in. I'm just gonna start it like this. We're in. We're in. We uh we made it. Um, I don't know how to intro fucking podcast anymore since I don't have to give my spiel at the beginning. But yeah. uh, welcome yeah. to another episode. Yeah, we have a pretty cool intro from Freebird on Twitter. Yeah. Um, she's asked me. We paid her money to do this. Yeah. And now she keeps bugging me to tell you people on the podcast. So. It's, uh, yeah. What, what's her fucking Twitter Who thing? Who cares? Who cares what it is? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what's her Twitter thing again? I don't know. Um, but yeah, she did a really good job and our intro's fucking fire. So, uh, yeah. I hope you guys enjoy it as much as we do because that shit gets me pumped. Pumped! Yeah, it's really good. Did you find it yet? No. You know how to use Twitter? No. No? Fuck. Jesus Christ. It's taking you forever. Oh my God. Well, anyways, we got a, a fucking great show lined up today for all you out there traveling to Childerberg this weekend. I hope you guys have fun. I will not be there. Typo will be on his way, though. Um, so you guys should see him out there. Hells yeah, me, uh, BR from, I guess, E-Militia and his own podcast now, whatever it's called. Yeah. And uh, Spirit of Resistance, uh, the guy that does our merch. Yeah. So that's going to be fun. I hope you guys enjoy that. That's going to be dope. At Carry On Freebird on Twitter. There you go. Go ahead. Go on Twitter. DM her if you, you want uh, some cool intros like we got. She oh. charged us uh, a ridiculous price. <laughs> but uh, we, we worked it out. <laughs> we worked it out. No, I'm just kidding. She really helped us out. We were the hard ones to work with. Yeah. Um, we, we didn't even know what we wanted. So she helped us with that. Yeah, even when we said what we wanted, she would send it back to us. Basically, how she, how we said it, and we were like, "Nope, that's not it." <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, that you got it exactly right, but I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. I need a new one. I want another one. Uh, but no, great work. I love the intro. We got a lot of a lot of people that liked it, so that's good. Yeah. Um, so today we're uh, going to talk about the U.S. Army. Uh, you know, Seaburn Dad, or I think that's what his ad is on Twitter. Um, it has nothing to do with him. I just wanted to bring him up because it's the army, and I want to shit on him yeah. and Matt Freeman. So you know, uh, it's a new it's a new army, guys. It's a new army. Well, we shit on the Marine Corps a lot, but today it's going to be the army. Yeah. So um, I don't know if you guys remember, but last year Vanessa Golan was murdered. 
in Fort Hood. Uh, April, I love how you laughed after that. Because <laughs> it's funny. Because <laughs> uh, April, April 22nd, 2020, in the great base that everyone in the Army loves, Fort Hood. Fort fucking Hood. Um, yeah, so... If you type in Death Base Army, Fort Hood pops up. <laughs> I'm serious, because I, I needed to look up how many people died there when we were doing this episode, or when we decided to do this episode, and I couldn't remember the name of the base, um, and I typed in for, or, uh, Death Base Army and Fort Hood popped up. So, just to let you know, that's what we're dealing with here. Yeah, so if you don't know, or if you don't remember, I think we talked about it a little bit on the podcast before, but uh, yeah, she was this young female soldier in Fort Hood. And uh, she was sexually assaulted, killed with a hammer, dismembered, and buried by another fellow army guy. And uh, and then the command kind of kind of covered it up a little bit. Yeah, they, I mean it wasn't like like they were going all out to help him hide the body, but they weren't uh, bringing a lot of attention to the situation like they should have been. Yeah. And it and it, was, it took him like uh, two months to find the body. Yeah, it took a while. She was like, missing she just, for a long yeah, time. Yeah, and they considered her AWOL at first. Yeah, yeah, they were. Yep, yep. And I that was that. the big thing. And people in her command and her family was like, "No, she's not." Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. This is a lie. She's been having problems with somebody else in her command, and they weren't like going after him. weren't going after him. weren't going after him. And then finally, yep. there was so much pressure from media, people outside, and you know, fucking dipshits like us that said it enough that it, they finally like investigated the dude. That it was like an NCO too. It was like her NCO. Yeah, I think it was or an NCO. It, it, in a different yeah I don't remember exactly I don't think it was direct it was either an in, a guy that I couldn't remember either a guy that was like barely above her like mm-hmm. just barely like one step above her and then like a sergeant was involved and he yeah. helped cover it up and then I don't know something like something like that exactly but big shit show the army completely fucked this up but but the good news is is the sergeant major of the army well you know, he stepped up. <laughs> he, he really, he really stepped up in the moment and was real recognizing the problems. And, uh, you know, recently there's been, the, I've been following the Sergeant Major a lot on Twitter and he's been having a lot of talks and he finally got this new policy policy and it's, he's changing the grooming standards <laughs> for women in the army. Uh, now they can wear like a bunch of different fucking they ponytails. They can wear their hair down. Yeah, they basically wear their hair down. They, they can have ponytails. They don't now. need the the uh, the fucking what is it called the giant bun on the back donut yeah. on the back of yeah. their head anymore. Which dude, I didn't know this, but um, inside that bun, a lot of a lot of them ha- it was a sock. Yeah. They would like cut the That's two part out of their sock, and then I don't know how exactly they did it, but yeah, I had no idea there was oh, something really? in there. Oh, I thought it was just their hair the whole time. No, and then till uh, that one girl that I worked with in S two, I was standing behind her and I saw the brown sock, and I was like, "Why is there a sock in your hair?" <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> I had no idea, dude. I did not any idea. But so, so these new grooming standards, I think it's a, a good. I mean, he's been talking about this a lot. 
getting a lot of praise you, from the women imagine? soldiers on on Twitter. Like, think think about the first time that they had a female join the military. Like, could you imagine like <laughs> staff NCO males and shit like trying to explain how their hair was supposed to be done? Like, yeah. I just thought about that. I was like, yo, just imagine like, because none of them have long hair. Yeah, you yeah, know? they have no idea. Yeah, so they're like trying to like, did they hire? They had to hire a civilian, right? Like that's the only way. They're like, hey, we're gonna hire you to teach these women how to put their hair in this specific type of bun because we think it's the yeah. most. They probably hired some bureaucrat to like probably are you costed gonna, like yeah. hundreds of thousands of dollars at the time to make some bullshit standard for how you're supposed to wear your hair in the military. Yeah, but I just meant like teaching them. Like, yeah, you know, like because yeah. the because the, I bet you the fir- I don't know if the first I bet you the first DIs. For females, maybe they just let them wing. Maybe they just let them wing it at first. No, like they're just like, uh, eh, just do whatever you want. And then uh, one person showed up with like some crazy ass hair, and they're like, all right, we need policy. <laughs> we need a policy for this. Yeah. Well, I don't know. now that policy's changed. Yeah. So now, like, now I feel that now with this Vanessa's policy. situation, like, it now, would never happen. It would never have happened. Because she can wear her hair down now. Now that women are empowered to put their hair down, we, it's really getting down to the root of the issues. And I really think, I mean, there was a study done that the Army the army did. And they put, you know, some females in a room with ponytails and females in a room with buns. And they let, they let some Army males in and they, they put alcohol in. And the experiment was is when the when the army soldier the male army soldiers get too drunk, which ones are they gonna fight over first? And it turned out that they fought over the girls with the buns. So the army thought that they would be less you, attractive with ponytail. No, I mean this. This sounds like a real thing. Like I could go, until you said the fight over each other thing. I was like, all right, this got to be yeah. bullshit. Yeah, it's but bullshit. If they like, I could totally see them putting them in a room and like, which one's hotter? Yeah, <laughs> just lining up women. It's like that. Uh, Next, oh <laughs> get these non-bun having ass bitches out of here. <laughs> Yeah, so Jesus Vanessa Christ. was able to wear a ponytail. She would have been less attractive to the guy that put a hammer through her skull. Oh, Jesus Christ. And dismembered her and buried her by the river. I think this would have never happened. This is clearly the the great first step the army needs to prevent shit like this yeah. from ever happening again. Like, hands down. Yeah, I want to talk about this Fort Hood shit real quick. <laughs> There's been uh, 27 soldier deaths violent. Violence cast shadows over Fort Hood. This was written last year in September, and I think it was 27 deaths in the year at that point. I'm really? pretty sure. Um, for the past 20 years, Fort Hood earned a national reputation as a staging ground for troops deploying to wars in Afghanistan and Iraq, but now national attention has focused on a string of soldiers' death at, deaths at home, including five in which foul play is su- suspected. Uh, as it goes on, there's like there's been a whole bunch of stories in Fort Hood, and we really need to, like, dig into Fort Hood. I need to do a lot more research on it. I think Matt Freeman and I said that we were going to do it. Um, but we were going to talk about Fort Hood uh, because there's been a shit ton of cases um, of AWOL at Fort Hood, which, 
I mean, it, it kind of comes with the territory. It's in a big city. Yeah, and it's um, a it's a huge base. It's a huge base, big city, and that kind of comes with you know the territory of that. Uh, there's a lot of AWOL cases, but there's been a large outpouring of soldiers in Fort Hood that said the that a lot of these people weren't um, AWOL, like oh. male and female. Like, oh, wow. there was a lot of them that weren't AWOL. There's some that are obviously AWOL. Uh, I'm not going to say, like, they're all not AWOL. But there's been a lot of people that have said, especially after this Vanessa thing came out last year, they were like, these people aren't AWOL. There's a lot of them that are dead and they're buried somewhere on base. Jesus. Yeah. And, you know, the five foul play, it was Vanessa was one. And, and I think the other four were all women as well. And... I, by the end of the year last year, I know they relieved a shit ton of commanders, high-ranking officers in, at Fort Hood. and But I don't know. Like I said, I, I should look up more about it. But uh, they, I know that some of them just got new commands at other bases. Like, and that's kind of like <laughs> yeah, where the, the cop, like, you know, shoots a hole into your fucking yeah. dog's skull, gets relieved and moved over to another police department. Yeah, that's basically in the same fucking city. It's just a different county. Yeah. Or not a different, maybe a different county, but basically a different city inside your city. Like Phoenix, we have fucking, I don't know, a shit ton of different police departments. And it's like Ahwatukee police, even though that's a subsidiary of fucking Phoenix. Yeah, it's all confusing. Yeah. But, you know, they just move over to a a different one and they continue to have their job. But the U.S. military is the exact same way. You know, a fucking DUI captain kills a family of three in Okinawa, Japan, and they just get sent back to the States and put in command of other Marines and then go on to lecture them about upholding a standard. Well, he would Uh, know what not to do. (laughs) He's the best. You learn from experience, right? You learn from experience. (laughs) Um, But yeah, you know, and this is like one of the things that we always talk about. Um, We kind of wanted to get back onto the military part of our show we kind of stayed off of it. we've been current eventing it up lately because yeah. the current events are fucking important right now COVID's still COVID's not real I'm just kidding <laughs> um, you know the people like uh, like the COVID lockdowns and shit like that it, it's important and it shouldn't be fucking happening but uh, <laughs> I think we wanted to take this episode while you guys are on your way to Childerberg to uh, talk about fucking military shit yeah um, it's basically welfare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, typo riled up uh, the uh, expats and fucking yeah. vets of America and active duties of America and their wives. Of yeah, America. their ex wives <laughs> of America uh, by posting that the U.S. military is welfare for conservatives. And dude. I think that fucking hits the nail on the nose. You're poor, white in America, and you have no opportunity to go anywhere else because it's too stupid to get into schools, or you don't want to go to school, or anything else. Fuck, you join the military. Yeah, yeah. Conservative Hispanics, conservative Hispanics, large portion of the military. Yeah, so... Large portion of the military. Yeah, so I tweeted that. I can't tell you how many Garcias, Rodriguez's... Jose's oh, there yeah. are in Mendez Mendez in the Marine Corps <laughs> holy uh, fuck Reyes uh, Reyes uh, yeah. yeah so I tweeted that and I kind of knew it would piss some people I didn't think I'd get that much traction but that was pretty cool but the one of the first critics I got was this woman who clearly was never in the military 
Um, yeah, because of what she said. <laughs> well, yeah, but the first thing she said to me, uh, I basically, yeah, I said it's welfare, and then, like, they went, at, they went at the whole, like, oh, they actually, you know, fight and serve or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then she's like, um, my, look. She says, look. That's the first. Mira, 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 mira. Like, mira. fucking what? Like, that's your, she put look, period. Like, who the fuck puts that in texting? Look. I should say that more often. But she said, look, my ex, my ex-husband was in the army and there, I don't know, tried to explain. Actually, I misspoke. This is what happened. She said something fucking stupid. I replied and I retweeted it and I said um, uh, that most people in the military don't do, like, don't do anything for four years. They play pretend war and then get out with full benefits. Now, I might have misspoke a little bit when I said full benefits, but what I meant by it is you get the same benefits as everybody else. If someone that goes off and actually, even the conservative mind, goes fight the, like, real fight and, you know, they actually fight the terrorists or whatever. Yeah, they get the same thing They get as the, the guy same benefits, did. yeah, as, as I did. Yeah, <laughs> as we did. As I did. And, uh... But, and I don't know, she said something, and then they start, she said, like, oh, full benefits, and, like, went after me for that, and, but that's what, that's when she said that she was, oh, I, I, my ex-husband was in the army, and that, he does not have full benefits, blah, 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 and we're, like, said something about, like, you know, I am, and, like, not a wealth, I'm not a welfare queen or something, and I retweeted and told her that (laughs) military spouses are, the worst type of welfare queen. Yeah. <laughs> like, literally the worst of people on welfare that I know. They're like a girl on welfare that brags about her boyfriend being a drug dealer. Yeah. And it, it, it's like, like <laughs> no, no, not even that. And Those, then, and they go, won't. Yeah. Someone on welfare. The, the reason why that person is better than welfare queens in the military is because welfare queens in the military think that they can have yeah. some sort of power over yeah. the other Lower enlisted welfare queens. Yeah, yeah, like and I, the people that are actually in the military. Single mothers of five on welfare don't come up to me and demand respect or a salute or demand. <laughs> yeah, demand I give them any sort of attention. Like the, the the women, you know, I'm sorry, women, but the wives in the military. It seemed to be more the higher enlisted and officers, but they just had this Some like fives. Yeah, E fives yeah. and above. I mean, it goes. It can goes all the way down to like private too. Like, there's some psychotic women that yeah. marry psychotic men, but I don't know. And it was just crazy to me that like, of all the people to be critical of that comment, it's not you, bitch. Yeah, like, yeah, like, <laughs> like you yeah. literally live off the government, and all you do is lay on your back. So like, <laughs> let's not and look like a whale. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it was textbook definition: fat white chick. Yeah, it was. It was. It was textbook. I want to read some of these because they're hilarious. So, uh, yeah. So joining the military is just welfare for conservatives, is what typo posted. And this, the first one that popped up the most, it's got twenty two likes somehow. But it says dot 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 because there are only conservatives in the military and working for a reward versus not working for a reward are the same thing. No, risking your life for X years for substandard medical and an associate degree and home and home loan with no down payment that's not welfare. And I think he was being uh, joking for part of it. You know the substandard medical care and yeah uh, associate's degree. I don't know where the associate's degree came from because I didn't get an associate's degree. I didn't get a single degree. I didn't get one degree. I got... <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I didn't get shit. Yeah. Call, collegiately for that. I th- um, 
But uh, then he goes on and like, that's not welfare. And it's like, bro, like risking your life doesn't mean shit. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. It doesn't. Like all yeah. you vets out there that think you got called for a, or vets or active duty currently listening to us. It doesn't mean shit. You volunteered for that position. You honestly volunteered for that position, not understanding mm-hmm. everything that it entailed. You knew one piece, and it and they make it sound glory, glory, glory. They make it sound like glory. Yeah, yeah. You it's get the- to go and possibly die for your country to save people back home. But it's, we don't do that. Yeah, it's the it's a I think a, I think a lot of Americans and even people that are in the military have a lot of delusions of what the military actually does. And even even if like you can go about this even at the perspective that the people that go and fight these wars are doing it for a good cause. Yeah. You just go by that perspective, right? But that's not what most people in the military do. Most people in the military are not going and fighting over these wars. Yeah. They're not going and putting themselves in danger. They're then, not doing anything heroic. Most of them are literally sitting at an American base or, a, you know, Japanese. Or foreign base. Yeah, or foreign base. It's possible too. But most of the time you're just doing pretend war with either other countries or with other units in your base. And that's pretty much all you do. Yeah. Like that's most people in the military that you, you like, the majority of people do not deploy. Yeah, the most people I think yeah. I think the percentage is like if you look at the whole military, the percentage of people that actually deploy, especially since like I think it was like after 2015, 2014 maybe because there was still a little ramp up in 2014, but 2015 and on, like it, this percentage of people that have deployed is minuscule yeah like we have three units that deploy in the marine corps three units yeah 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 like it's not that's, that's the, it and that's the delusion that it, a lot of people even, maybe four even, now because i think three yeah. four deploys now even people that are listening to this podcast or are ancaps like they're del- like a lot of people i mean i remember like we would get shit like called baby killers yeah. sometimes and it was like dude that's not i don't what do most shit of, like yeah, we're most sitting here trying mil- to explain to you that we don't do anything <laughs> yeah most people in the military don't have that combat experience and, then, and here's a perfect example uh, there is a tank unit first tank battalion in 29 palms california it's gone now, it's gone now. did you see that yeah like the final operation of yep them? they, they got rid of them we don't have tanks anymore but the thing is is that tank unit uh, the last time they were used in the Middle East was like 2009 or 2010. They just stopped using tanks because it's not a tank is not a great thing to use in a, for counterinsurgency. No. So they stopped using them. So that now there was, you know, 11 to 12 years we had a full standing tank battalion that was never used. Never used. Never and ever used. All those people that were there stationed at the time Never deployed. Never deployed. We spent all that... that Didn't go overseas, nothing. 11 years, that unit changed out Marines, and a lot of tankers in... um, Four years. uh, In uh, uh, the Marine Corps, they only can go to, like, first tanks, and then... I think there's a smaller tank battalion on the, on east, the east coast, coast. but it's, it's vastly smaller. Yeah. So the, the only places as a tanker in the Marine Corps is these two places and you don't deploy because they don't use tanks. So the whole time they had this unit standing for an extra 11 and 12 years, they just played pretend war, paid all these people all this money to go do that and they never did anything. Yeah. And tell me how fucking driving a tank transitions into being a fucking civilian. None. It doesn't at all. 
So these like, people were basically on welfare, have the same benefits that they were someone doing, that deployed doing and a fake got, job. Yeah, got their fucking car, like all that shit. They got. I mean, there, there's slight differences where, like, you know, people yeah, that deploy get like five years more VA benefits than we do. Okay, like yeah. small shit like yeah, that. Yeah, like medical benefits yeah. and stuff like that. Like, if it's they're not small, actually hurt. It's, it, yeah, it's not that big of a difference. No. So like basically most of the Marine Corps is just it's just a fucking show of force. Yeah. It's just all these people that they put on these bases around the world, but they don't do shit because it's just a show. Yeah. They're just showing you like, oh, we have these forces, but and, we never do anything. Yeah, and what do we tell you guys all the time? The whole point of the Marine Corps was a dog and pony show. Everything you did on a daily basis, like inventory records and things yeah. like that. Like all of that stuff's a dog and pony and show. It's all it's, made up bureaucratic bullshit. It's all they're literally made up jobs. It's yes. literally made up jobs. There's so many made up fucking jobs, like NCO jobs. You know, mm-hmm. it's like uh, record jacket NCO, training NCO. When you don't need any of these, they're all fake jobs. Yeah, they literally make jobs so that they can put people in positions yeah, yeah. so that they can make it look like they're doing stuff. But yeah. none of them are actually doing anything and all of it can be done outside of it. Mm-hmm. And and the this is the thing. That's how that's how conservatives like this is why the the military is so vastly more conservative and why people conserve a trend that way is because it gives you that uh, the hero hero title. Yeah. And even though you're not <laughs> contributing, it, it, like possibly being in the military could contribute worse for society than being on welfare. welfare. <laughs> because if you're like the military. But there's nothing of value for anything that we do. It actually sub- uh, fucking takes resources from our society. That would normally be allotted to somewhere else yes. in the marketplace. And when they take those resources, not only are they stealing them and using them for dumb bullshit, they're also using it to destroy other societies around the world. Yeah. And it's not destruction in the sense of like... Uh, like positive destruction and we're going to tear out this shitty part of the building to recreate something new. Yeah. We don't recreate new things. There's parts of our battalion that does, but after already destroying things that didn't need to be destroyed in the first place, like creating schools in Vietnam. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like (laughs) yeah, there used to be a school here 50, 60 years ago, but we destroyed it. Yeah. So now in 2015, yep. we're going to go and make a school there because they haven't had one for the last 60 years because they're dealing with UXO that has been all around this valley and people barely live there. But we're going to go clear it and yeah. make a school to make up for our mistakes. And that's what we create. Yeah, the only thing that I can remember that you could maybe have an argument to say that was useful, and I would say this one's actually useful, that our unit did for society was EOD when they went over there and were disarming bombs in Laos, Cambodia, and Vietnam. I think that's actually kind of a good thing, and I'm kind of okay with our money going to that. Yeah, and the the one other situation is... When we went down to um, the Philippines to clean That's water. That's what I was going to say. The Philippines is when the... the to clean uh, water. Yeah. A hurricane. Or not a hurricane. Typhoon. Uh, yeah. Fuck it. Or maybe it was a tsunami. Was it a tsunami? No. It was one. I, it wasn't Some a tsunami. natural disaster. It was a, I, I, what? Philippines is in the Pacific, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, it's pretty yeah. close. It's kind of close to Japan. <laughs> yeah, I know. But so it was a typhoon. Well, I was trying to think. Atlantic yeah, yeah, is hurricane. Yeah. Yeah, typhoons are Pacific. I don't know why there's a difference. Yeah, it's confusing. But whatever. Anyways, so like they're yeah. So it was a big ass typhoon. They got fucking wrecked. Everybody remembers. I well, not everybody remembers it, but it was a huge one. It was what 2015, 2014. I think no. I think it was 2013. Uh, 
I don't know. Yeah, it might be 2014, actually, I because I didn't get to ninth USB until, yeah, like, March of 2014. Yeah, so, so it might have happened before. Because I showed up, and then those guys were getting back from okay. whatever they the fuck Yeah, maybe doing. it was the end of 2013, beginning of 2014. But anyways, and... That, and like we sent a shit ton of people down there. Yeah, because we have water dogs. Yeah, we and have, that's why. And our water and dogs are basically they can they can literally that's something that they can create, and it's a fully operational like water filtration plant. Yeah, it's actually pretty dope. Mm-hmm. And they hate doing it because everybody in the Marine Corps wants to be runners and gunners, right? Like yeah. obviously. Yeah. But like that's actually like like looking back at it, I was like, that's pretty well, impressive. Water dogs. But right guess now. what? There is plenty of companies that did went there to the Philippines too during the same time, and they did way more in yeah. amounts of water and and for a lot less money than we did it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they saw that the government or the military was any good at allocating those resources when they were trying to help people. Dude, it took at us all. like five, six. It took us like forever to get there. Like we like we were planning to like we got ready to go. Before it happened, because we knew it was coming, right? And then for, like, I think it was like a month, we were waiting, we would go out and wait on our fucking packs yeah. to go. And then, like, yeah, well, that happened they to me with Nepal. Us. Yeah, Nepal. Nepal well, I was slated to go to Nepal. Yeah, I was slated to go to the Philippines. And, uh, yeah, the, when Nepal had that earthquake and they were slated, it was a humanitarian mission. And I was like, oh, let's be fucking dope. And then, like, little by little, as the days went by, they're like, oh, you're off, you're off, you're off. And then I was cut, like, day three. And then by day five, everyone was cut. Yeah. And it, it was like, all right, so, and then you're behind on everything. Yeah. And then, like, my, regu- so yeah, my regular the, bullshit I'm behind on. Yeah. yeah. So all the allocation, of, like, it, it doesn't understand how to allocate resources. Yeah, yeah. And they're not good at recouping that time. But they, So, but, like, other companies, they can do that when they're, like, yeah. you know, like, like actual companies that do things like this respond to natural disasters. They, they're ready for that. They're okay with, all right, we're going to need 60. We're going to prepare for 60 people going. And then it comes around time and either it's not as bad as they thought or you honestly don't have the amount of money that you need to get that many people there, whatever it is. They're like, oh, it's okay. We're only setting twenty, but those people didn't just waste their fucking time sitting on a bag outside yeah. their fucking well, and barracks. That's, room. that's the thing too, is dude. The military, like, they don't care. They don't. They don't give a shit about your time. No, because they're you're gonna get paid regardless, regardless no matter what. The first and the fifteenth. So they don't care if they're making you work fucking 24 hours for two weeks straight or if fucking you for some reason you're on some weird thing and you only work like five hours a day like they don't care because well one it's not their budget they don't give a fuck about what the where the money comes from yeah, or how they use they it they have an unlimited budget basically so, so i think what the like i think honestly what happens a lot is that they just tell everyone to like be on standby? Well, because they want to, sh- and they want to and waste show, it. and they want to put on this show. Like, hey, uh, I don't we know, can do this. Whoever fucking Secretary of Defense in the White House, we got all these units in Okinawa, Japan. The Marines are ready to go into fucking Philippines and save them. And they're like, oh, but I, I never asked you to do that, yeah. and we don't have the money to do it. Yeah, and then uh, during that time in the Philippines, there was a ceasefire between the the rebels. In the Philippines and the, the yeah. Filipino government. Yeah. Because there's a big problem. There's a lot of people that don't like the Filipino government. Who fucking... Wow, that's surprising. And they actually fight back and they, like, live up on this yeah, mountaintop. There's, yeah, there's, like, jihadist terrorists yeah. in the Philippines. Yeah. yeah, and so they lived up on top. Well, they didn't live up on top. Like, there's a big-ass mountain that 
basically the one of the big cities that we were working in well not me personally but our unit was working in um at the bottom of this mountain is where we were working because there's a big city there and at the top of this mountain there's fucking jihadi terrorists that like called for a ceasefire and then they didn't ceasefire obviously yeah but they would (laughs) so they armed all the (laughs) marines and didn't give them any ammunition (laughs) Oh, that's great. <laughs> so they were like, they, I don't it's just think a they, show, bro. They didn't like take any, uh, like they heard pop shots. I don't think they, they took them directly or indirectly. They were nowhere near. Yeah, yeah. It was probably just a couple of the guys getting drunk up in the fucking mountains that were like, ba 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 ba. Yeah, yeah. Know? It's kind of known. There is like small sects of like terrorists in uh, the Philippines, and they do do a lot of sh- like insurgency shit in the Philippines. Yeah. But it's kind of known that they don't want to fuck with the United States because yeah. they don't want to bring that hammer down on them no. like and they the, kind of I fucking, mean, the leave fucking them alone. Filipino like governor or mayor what he is, whatever he is is a fucking savage <laughs> yeah dude Phil, it, uh, it's really wasn't weird. he the one that was like decapitating like drug dealers in the fucking streets like he called uh, for like it might he might have or was I don't, that, that I wasn't don't know. Puerto Rico was it no it wasn't no. Puerto Rico it was fuck I'm pretty no. sure it was the Philippines where he was like we're getting drugs out of the Philippines and he was like calling Might for the be. police to yeah Asian go countries around. are weird about the drugs well yeah well and it, it, it he like just came to power like somehow I don't remember but that was like that was a few years dude ago. Manny Pacquiao is like a senator there now yeah I know it's fucking weird yeah it's fucking really <laughs> can you imagine weird. watching like one of our senators get in a boxing match I know <laughs> fuck they should more I like it <laughs> but, but uh, yeah I, so but. Like I said, it was all for show. So then they had to get, they had their rifles there and they had them in stacks the entire time. Never had to use the rifles. There was no ammunition to put in the rifles. They didn't even bring magazines for the rifles. God, dude. But they took the rifles, which it's kind of like the thing that the Marines always do. We always take our rifles everywhere when we're on fucking any kind of field op. We're never going to use them. We're never even going to pretend to use them. Blah, 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 blah. It's another thing that can get lost, fucked up, broken. It's dumb. Yeah, it's pointless. We don't use them um, in those training situations. And most of us don't deploy, so it's not like we're practicing for anything that we're ever going to see. But anyways, uh, so they took all those, and they just had them in stacks the entire time, and one person or two people sitting on the stacks the entire day while everybody else is going out and doing all the humanitarian operations. Yeah. And then that happened, and they made everybody carry them around with nothing in them um, to show that we had rifles, basically. Yeah. Even though we didn't take any actual fire or anything else, it was the possibility of a threat that we were going to show our rifles. And then there were stories that I heard from people that, you know, Filipino civilians that were getting annoyed or uh, with fucking Americans running around their fucking city and doing stupid shit. Yeah. Um, that people actually raise their fucking rifles to people in yeah, the Philippines. That, that happened in the Korea. Yeah. That happened when I went to South Korea because, like, these bulk feelers were trying to put up a hose. And I'm pretty sure that, like, I'm, I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure the South Korean government just allotted this land to us to train on. But I don't think they really got the permission from the farmers that we, so I'm pretty sure we just, like, basically took over this dude's like rice farm or old rice farm because there was nothing there when we got there but uh yeah and then the bulk feelers were just trying to have we had a fob set up and then like i don't know two three hundred yards away was the beach so we had this hose for the bulk feelers to pump water 
And, uh, yeah, so they're setting up this hose on this dirt road and this, like, beetled truck with this fucking, like, these, like, obviously kind of poor people rolling up. And, I don't know, they're getting kind of close to the hose. And the Marines just decide to raise their rifles at them. Yeah. And they fucking backed up and sped the fuck away. But it was like, Jesus Christ, dude, these are, like, our allies? Yeah, like, what like, the these fuck? Are the, these are the correct Asians. Yeah. <laughs> Um, one of the other ones that I thought was funny was uh, somebody was like, maybe to your original post, but then they were like, but welfare does not come with possibility of being shot, sent away from your family, the very likely real likelihood of PTSD, a lifetime gift that keeps on giving and possible job skills that can translate into a successful career path. So other than those things, it's the same. And then somebody commented in this best comment. So welfare, but worse. <laughs> I yeah. love it. Um, well, since we're at kind of a pause till we go to our next thing, I'm going to play a sponsorship uh, opportunity. Yeah. From who is this one from? Well, uh, this is the Sundress Militia. Yeah, Sundress Militia sent us this one. It's uh, a sponsorship for them. When I was 17, I quoted Zora Neale Hurston's How It Feels to Be Colored Me in my college application essay. The line that spoke to me stated simply, I am not tragically colored. There is no sorrow dammed up in my soul nor lurking behind my eyes. I do not mind at all. At 17, I had no idea what life would bring, but Zora's sentiment articulated so beautifully how I felt as a daughter of immigrants then and now. Nothing about me was or is tragic. I am perfectly made. I can wax eloquent on complex legal issues in English while also belting Guayaquil de mis amores in Spanish. I can change a diaper with one hand and console a crying toddler with the other. I am a woman of color. I am a mom. I am a cisgender millennial who's been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. I am intersectional, but my existence is not a box-checking exercise. I am a walking declaration, a woman whose inflection does not rise at the end of her sentences, suggesting that a question has been asked. I did not sneak into CIA. My employment was not and is not the result of a fluke or slip through the cracks. I earned my way in, and I earned my way up the ranks of this organization. I am educated, qualified, and competent, and sometimes I struggle. I struggle feeling like I could do more, be more to my two sons, and I struggle leaving the office when I feel there's so much more to do. I used to struggle with imposter syndrome, but at 36, I refuse to internalize misguided patriarchal ideas of what a woman can or should be. I am tired of feeling like I'm supposed to apologize for the space I occupy rather than intoxicate people with my effort, my brilliance. I am proud of me, full stop. My parents left everything they knew and full loved stop. to expose me to opportunities they never had. Because of them, I stand here today a proud first-generation Latina and officer at CIA. I am unapologetically me. I want you to be unapologetically you, whoever you are. Know your worth. Command your space. Mija, you're worth it. Sundress Militia, ladies and gentlemen. That was just, uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank for you that. for that sponsorship. I know, I know you guys might be wondering why we would play that on our podcast <laughs> but you know they're the only ones paying dude they're the they're the silent what do they, what do they call them the silent soldiers <laughs> <laughs> 
But no one else is paying. So we had to play a commercial for a women militia that's happening in Childeberg. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so <laughs> moving on from that, uh, I wanted to bring up uh, what's your tax dollar pay for story real quick. And then we got another video for you that's not a, a, an advertisement, just something we want to talk about with about the Army. But this is uh, U.S. Trash's unwanted gear in Afghanistan to be sold as scrap. So it's from uh, Yahoo News. I think it's actually from the AP and Yahoo News reposted it. But the twisted remains of all, of several all-terrain vehicles leaned precariously inside Baba Mir's sprawling scrapyard. Alongside smash shards that were once generators, tanks, tracks that have been dismantled into chunk of metal and mountain of tents reducing reduced to sliced up fabric. It's all U.S. military equipment. The Americans are dismantling their portion of nearby Bagram Air Base, their largest remaining outpost in Afghanistan, and anything that is not being taken home or given to the Afghan military is being destroyed as completely as possible. Even small outposts are being dismantled or reduced to rubble. They do so as a security measure to ensure equipment does not fall into the hands of militants. They're just giving it to the Afghan army. Yeah, I was going to say, we've never done that before. Like, yeah. We always give it away. Yeah. Uh, but Mir and the dozens of other scrap sellers around Bagram see it as an infuri infuriating waste. Uh, what they are doing is betrayal of Afghans. They should leave. Like they have destroyed this vehicle, they have destroyed us. As the last... Or who said that? Oh, that guy that I mentioned before. The ad. Um, as the last few thousands of U.S. and NATO troops head out the door, ending their own 20-year war in Afghanistan, it's not over. It's not over. They're not leaving. Yeah. Um, they are involved in a massive logistical undertaking, packing up bases around the country. They leave behind a population where many are frustrated and angry. The Afghans feel abandoned. Of course. Of course, the AP would write that the Afghans feel abandoned yeah. by us leaving. Um, they feel abandoned to a legacy they blame at least in part on the Americans. In part? I can't even get through this sentence. <laughs> fucking flabbergasted a deeply corrupt u.s backed government and growing instability that could burst into a brutal new phase of civil war uh the bitterness of the scrapyard owners is only a small part of that and is based somewhat on self-interest they feel they could have profited more from selling intact equipment yeah obviously <laughs> it's been a common theme for the past tra two traumatic and destructive decade Decades in which the actions that the U.S. touted as necessary or beneficial only delusioned Afghans who felt the repercussions. Of course, the U.S. would say, just delusioned Afghanis. <laughs> um, it's just like, we're delusioned military veterans. Yes. Uh, you know, because you're turned off to the U.S. government and what it stands for and what it does. You're delusioned. You just don't understand. Yeah. Um, let's see. At Bagram... Bagram, I forgot how they say it. Northwest of the capital of Kabul and other bases, U.S. forces are taking stock of equipment to be returned to America. Tens of thousands of metal containers about 20 feet long are being shipped out on C-17 cargo planes or by road through Pakistan and Central Asia. As of last week, 60 C-17s packed with an equipment already had left Afghanistan. I don't know why C-17. Never mind. Whatever. Officials are being secretive about what stays and what goes. Most of what is being shipped home is sensitive equipment, never intended to be left behind, according to U.S. and Western officials. So we already intended to leave things behind. That's surprising. Uh, it's not surprising. According to U.S. and Western officials who spoke on condition of anonymity. Anonym oh, my God. Anonymity. 
in order to talk freely about departing troops. Other equipment, including helicopters, military vehicles, weapons, and ammunition, will be handed over to Afghanistan's National Defense Security Forces. It's not going to bite us in the ass. Some bases will be given to them as well. One of the most recently handed over was New Antonic base in Helmand Province, where Taliban are said to control roughly 80% of the rural area. Yeah, Helmand Province, especially the northern part of Helmand Province, is basically still all ran by Taliban. It's like a whole bunch of fucking mountains yeah. and shit. I'm There's pretty sure Taliban control most of the country right now. Yeah. I think. Uh, destined for the scrap heap are equipment and vehicles that can either be repaired nor transferred to Afghanistan security forces because of poor condition. Anyway, so, like, the whole thing is, like, we've talked about fucking wasteful tax dollars, uh, the U.S. military, uh, this entire episode. But this one I saw and I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, we're doing it again. We're basically shoving, um tanks into the fucking gulf it's all over again it's the yeah. same shit yeah and and it's like and like one dude everyone in the military like i never have got the opportunity to work hand in hand with the afghan forces no um but everyone i know that has fucking hates them and say they're fucking worthless yeah and uh i mean a lot of them are corrupt a lot of them are literally just doing it for a paycheck maybe there's a few that maybe buy into it i don't know but once we give all this shit over to these guys, most of them are probably, like, once, like, things heat up, if America leaves, things are probably going to heat up. It's probably going to result in a civil war. And when that happens, a lot of those Afghan forces guys are just going to, like, desert. Like, yeah. Like, it's not worth it. Like, they're there for the paycheck, the food, you know, like, it's not worth it when you don't have Big Daddy America there to defend you the whole time. Like, yeah, and because a lot of them didn't, like, from everybody that I hear, a lot of them didn't do a whole lot. Oh, yeah, they failed. I mean, they gave them, they gave it over, like, I think they gave over, like, I don't remember, maybe it was in Iraq. But I'm pretty sure they they gave it over to the Iraq forces, and then within, like, a couple of months, well, they and, were fucking, like, pushed we did, back already. Well, yeah, we did that with the Afghanis, and then they took back... Uh, What's the fucking uh, Fallujah? It's oh, yeah. after we left and pulled back and yeah. said, hey, you guys got it. You guys have to defend it. And then they took back Fallujah and then we had to go back in. And it was like the that's second right. deadliest battle. Yep, yep, that's right. And it's like, it's just fucking pointless. So, First off, yeah, why so are we... Yeah, so basically them leaving the, that, that equipment behind, it's just going to go into probably Taliban, possibly Al-Qaeda, anyone that buy wants to buy weapons or, and shit, like it's going to go in their hands. Well, and I like the fucking... The Afghani government, like, what do you think they're going to do when they have no standing army? They're going to buy yeah. somebody that will stand in as their army. Who do you think is going to do that? First, the people with all the fucking military gear, they're going to be asking <laughs> Taliban, Al-Qaeda, fucking ISIS. Like, they're, one of them's going to get the bid. They're a government just like our own. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're not... <laughs> like, I just... The fact that I, I the biggest yeah, problem make I had, a, yeah, they can see even see them trying to make a deal like, hey, we'll give you this shit, just don't fucking yeah, kill I, me. I just don't understand why we take things, uh, why we have more things there than we thought that we were going to bring back. <laughs> like I, I never understood that. Like I understand like bases, um, you know, like uh, c- construction and shit like that, and we're not gonna build brick by brick and then bring everything back. Like I get that, but vehicles, things like that. I understand that it may cost more to bring it back or something like that. I get those things, but it's like, then we have a problem. That's not a sufficient yeah. business. That's not a sufficient investment. Yeah. Yeah. And, they probably just want to buy new shit for their, for right. their donors. Yeah, exactly. It just makes no fucking sense to me. 
Yeah. No it's, fucking sense. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Um, that's another thing. Like, I don't think people can even... Like, I don't even know if I can wrap my head around how much money the military wastes. Like, I, it, it's, it's a ridiculous amount of money. Like, not, like, not only do you have a vast majority of people in the military basically living on welfare, and, <laughs> and like, uh, you know, they get to go play pretend marine and be a pretend soldier or whatever but like they never actually do anything um and it, but on the other side is just the weapons it's like that is ridiculous the amount of money that they spend on the weapons and i don't know it, it it i don't know i don't ever think anyone could ever like ever fully understand how much was actually wasted like, yeah i don't think you could ever calculate yeah the waste that we produce in the u.s military yeah and not and that doesn't even con- uh include like the cost of the destruction that we we've, we've caused all over the world yeah absolutely um one of the other things i wanted to bring back that motherfucker commented back um oh yeah 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 so the one of the other so uh Nick, who's been on the show a few times, he posted Typo's thing on Facebook, and he's got quite a few people that are still in the military that we know and stuff like that yeah. on his Facebook. Um, but my gunny at the time, and he ended up becoming our first sergeant for a little bit, uh, he commented on there. And he posted this on, Typo posted this on Facebook, so you can find what he said to him. But what he said was, would love to see him join and see how he breaks down in boot camp. It's easy to talk about something they know nothing about. (laughs) And this motherfucker works with Typo on a daily basis. I saw, I probably saw this dude every day. Yeah. Every day. Like, fuck, dude. And so I had, me being me, I had to go on there and was like, dude, he was in 9th ESB. You work directly with him constantly. And he was always in the comm shop. Know your Marines and seek self-improvement, right? That's part of, what is it? J- no, the 14 leadership traits yeah, or whatever. Yeah, the 14 leadership traits. <laughs> yeah, or I don't even think it's that. It's the pr- the principal ones. Yeah, I don't know. It's some bullshit Yeah, acronym. one of their fucking yeah. acronyms that you were supposed to learn that I don't remember or care for anymore. But anyways, like this motherfucker, like, yeah. he preach, you know, knowing your Marines and seek self-improvement. Yeah. And uh, he doesn't even know the fucking guy that he works yeah. with for... Two and a half, three years. Yeah, well, I, I he got to ninth ESB uh, a couple months before I did. Yeah, so I was there with him the entire time. I knew uh, well, this is the this is how it is. He was the gunnery sergeant or the comm chief in your comm shop. I was literally best friends with his comm or his radio chief, which was you. Yeah, and really good friends with uh, Nick, who was a radio operator as well, and I was really good friends with the rest of the goddamn com shop. Yeah, and I half the time I felt like I was part of the com shop because yeah. I was just there all the time, and I ran into him all the time. I mean, I don't know how many times I came over to do goddamn inventory in yeah. your fucking vault and, and talk to him. I don't know how many times I fucking he'd ask me, "What are you doing here?" Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how many times. And then when he became first sergeant, I kind of saw him more, more. because uh, he had to if, deal with all the shit inside your yeah, vault. Yeah, that. And and when if my sergeant was never there to go to the meetings, I would have to go to the meetings because I was in, like, there's only two of us or three of us in the goddamn thing so I would have to go to the meetings with first sergeant and talk about my shop to his face yeah like literally to his face and, and this isn't like a normal company where you're not involved with the pre- your leadership like H&S we were involved with our leadership constantly yes basically on a daily basis because our company was small yeah and we were small as fuck so like we had a lot of 
face to face with like it kind of felt I, I don't think this is exact but it felt like the balance between like the lower enlisted and the higher enlisted like almost was equal yeah like, there was, felt, felt like, like there's the equal amount of officers and, and higher enlisted as there were as lower enlisted it was weird yeah and, and, and the way that we operated was like most of the lower enlisted knew how things worked in Japan and higher enlisted would get there from like the states yeah and it works differently in Japan so you would have to teach the higher ups things and how this unit ran it wasn't normal because we had a full EOD unit yeah we had two battalions weird. of electric or of uh what are they called? The fucking... Engineers? Engineers. I almost yeah. said electricians. Yeah. Um, we had two full battalions of engineers, a bulk fuel... Like, it just worked differently than other Marine Corps units because we were... We weren't, like, a specialized unit, but we were in, we were special in what we did because we had such a diverse but very yeah. specific we were job. Like, yeah, we were, like... It was, like, a bunch of support. Like, if you wanted a humanitary aid... Yeah. Battalion? We, yeah. That was us. We like, were that's the, what we were it, Yeah, it was a support battalion. So it was all the random different shit that you need to support to do a humanitarian mission or a combat mission, yeah. whatever. All that random shit that you can think we of that you might all. need. It was all in our unit. That's basically what an, in, our engineer battalion was. Like, yeah. They, they have engineers, and engineers can do multiple different things. Yeah. And so it was just a bunch None of, like, of random well. MOSs that they mixed <laughs> together. That's why our it would a lot of times it would be platoons from our unit would get attached to some other bullshit to go yeah. help out with whatever. It wasn't always our – I don't think there would ever be a situation where our entire unit would deploy together. It makes no sense. I think we would – our unit was designed to, like, detach and go wherever the fuck were needed. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was really small, and this motherfucker – I literally saw him, like, all the time. And, you know – a lot. Everyone knew me as Typo. Yeah. Even the like higher ups. higher ups, like not all of them, but like at least the higher enlisted, they knew me as Typo. Like the officers never did. No. But everyone else, they knew we called you Typo, yeah. but they would never refer to you as Typo. Yeah. And some, I mean, they and even the higher enlisted wouldn't refer. Like he would never this no. first or Gunny whatever. This guy would never call me Typo, but. He would, like, dude, I was literally in his shop all the time with yeah. all of you calling me typo. Yeah, like, this and, guy and so, like, after I said that, he was like, oh, I know, I, I remember who it is, and it was, it just, it, it, he knew exactly who typo was. Typo has the same Facebook picture, he's friends with <laughs> this guy on Facebook, as he does on Twitter, but anyway, so it... It goes on, and uh, a couple of other people from the unit were like, I'm dying because of what I said and because of what he said in response. And then I was like, uh, one of the guys was like, I thought he was joking. And I was like, the man who white gloves his Marines on field days? Nah, this man don't joke. <laughs> and everybody thought that was funny. And he, he responds again and was like, he's out now. He retired. Uh, he was like, I wasn't that bad. We all were friends having a blast. You guys loved <laughs> You guys loved them parties. And then comments again, working, trying to say working parties, but it was like a weird dad marine joke. I yeah, guess. it was terrible. Yeah. Um, so I decided to go back and, like, I chose violence today. I'm going to... What would you say, dude? I was I like... No, you replied. Yeah, I was like, if having a blast is being threatened with an NJP for a lost radio that your staff sergeant <laughs> and football watching buddy on Monday mornings lost in Korea, then yeah, it was a blast. <laughs> And Typo just posted the wow meme <laughs> from Owen Wilson. Yeah, and I said, fucking, what do you say? Oh, ha ha. Yeah, he oh, laughed at that. And then he's like, but did you get NJP'd? That's pretty funny. Yeah, um, that was pretty Because it's like, but did you die? Yeah, but did you get NJP'd? And uh, I don't know. I'm going to think of something to say back to him. Because this guy, this guy almost got in a fight with in the middle of like, 
Uh, like, we had a big-ass formation. We were checking gear out and shit. Uh, for stuff that we didn't do. Like, this is the whole thing. It was like, we were doing pointless shit. He had sent... He wanted me to work directly under him at one point in the company office. Yeah. So, I was working under the company office with him. And he had me do, like, a whole bunch of shit that I shouldn't have been involved in. And he wanted me to do all this work. And uh, I was getting it done. But I was like, this is going to take some fucking time. But he wanted this gear inspection um, for just the company office people. And... I, we didn't we couldn't have cars and it was like a two mile hike from the fucking company office remember it was at the end yeah there? dude it was so far it was a two mile it was like a it wasn't probably two miles it was probably honestly like a mile yeah it was probably a mile or so but it was in the middle of the day and I had already done PT and yeah. I already run a PT afterwards there's no one there to give you a ride there's no unless, one there unless to give, one of them pick you up <laughs> or the fucking lieutenant gives me a ride and neither of them were going to because I had to stay back and finish this work and then he wanted me to show up for the P, the not the PT but the gear inspection with all my shit in like 30 minutes and I was like I'm not even going to be done with this in 30 minutes so I was like fuck you I'm going to be late so I decided to be late hiked my ass all the way over because this is a fucking long ass walk dude it is a walk some hills and shit and I hiked my ass all the way over full fucking kit all geared out with my fucking backpack and everything because that's the only way you can carry that shit you have to wear it yeah so I walked my happy ass over there and then he's like, why were you late? And has me stay behind, wants to check out my shit. And I almost fought him. Like I almost fought him. Like my sergeant in the comm shop, uh, who was basically my friend. He was never, yeah, like, he was a boy. He was never like a position ahead of me. I was teaching him how to do the job. So when I left, he could do it. So it was never like the, the power dynamic of like yeah. sergeant to corporal. Yeah, yeah. He was sitting there like, and he was off to the side. And he was a piece good, of shit himself. He was a piece of shit. And he was a piece of uh, shit yeah. himself. <laughs> uh, he was, he was off to the side, probably about, I don't know, 20 feet, 30 feet away. He was given a space. And then I progressively was getting angry because he has this like fucking little smirk that he does. Yeah. When he knows he's riling somebody up oh, and I was yeah. getting riled up. I was fucking pissed because I'm like, I'm not fucking listening to you anymore. And I let it get to me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. But this has been like years in the making of this. Yeah. And as I started to get more and more heated and more and more in his face, he's like, you don't want to fucking hit me. And I was like, no, I want to fucking hit you. I want to fucking hit you. And that's when my sergeant came over and he's like, hey, corporal, you know, stop, chill out. And I was like. Get the fuck out of my face. I'm going to fucking hit him. Take off your fucking rank. And I kept saying it to him. I was like, take off your fucking rank and you'll see if I want to hit you or not. Yeah. And this motherfucker, he's a giant bitch. He somehow made it to first sergeant. Yeah. He was like a satellite. Uh, yeah. He was a satellite. Com- he was a muckster. We yeah. Call muckster. That's what, that's what it is. So he didn't even know his job. He went to the DI field for fucking ever. He was, there for, like people f- that you- he was there for like four years too, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Because he like, he, he didn't he just extended. do, yeah, he didn't just do DI school or D all the DI shit for a B billet. He extended and wasn't he, uh, he was a senior DI. Yeah. Well, no, like, a, oh, like he drill. became company guns. Oh, I thought he and was, he was a drill master. That's what it was. I knew he was a drill because he was a fucking little cop. Yeah, dude. he made us fucking drill all the time. Oh. We get in trouble, he'd make us fucking drill, and he loved it. Yeah, he loved he every second of loved it. Fucking love that shit. And we just like, <laughs> dude, there was one time he made us drill outside in front of the barracks, and <laughs> we all just fucked it up on purpose constantly. <laughs> like, if, <laughs> we'll make you look like shit. Yeah, we just made him look like shit, and then he made us do it in, in front of the company office. And we were just like, 
We just did not care. Did not care. And he was he was getting so angry. So we'd rile him back up. Like it was yeah. it was like a rile up. You gotta take the beating, but yeah. if you're taking punishment, yeah. you can you can fucking. So get he'd back. rile me up, but I would be like, bet, you wanna you wanna make us do this stupid shit? <laughs> then uh, you can do this stupid shit. But don't don't worry, we'll make you look bad in front of people. Yeah. So that's kinda how it went. And uh, I fucking hated this guy, but his that his him commenting on that was fucking gold. Yeah, yeah, I was very surprised. I, I came home from work today, and Nick was like, "Dude, you gotta check my Facebook," because I wasn't tagged in any of this, and uh, it. I was very surprised when I saw who it was, and he said that. But that's the same shit. That's a like it's it's different too. Because on Twitter, I got that same shit from a couple people from that tweet. They're like this alleged former Marine says like this like you know it's the military is just welfare and uh but it's like it, I, I i i kind of understand that more and even though it's stupid because you're just assuming but uh not from my very own like first sergeant like yeah. i did not expect it from someone that i actually was in the marine corps with and worked with for a while at 9th dsb yeah, exactly. That was the fucking... It was, it's just crazy. I'll figure out something to say to him. I'm just going to rile him up. I'll post the comments on that fucking thread, too. Because it's fucking funny. I think it's hilarious. Fuck that guy. That's one of the guys... Like, there's not a lot of people that really pissed me off in the Marine Corps. There's a lot of people I just thought were stupid and unintelligent. And he's definitely one of those. But he was the guy that, like, really grinded my fucking gears in the military. And... uh if I ever saw him in fucking person, I wouldn't just like outright fight him, but I'd want to yeah. sit there and be like, and every, I would sit there. I would go up to him. I would go out of my own way to go and talk shit to him. Yeah. Everyone. I wouldn't just ignore him. Everyone I, I knew in the comm shop had a problem with the guy. Yeah. One way fucking, or another. What's your, <laughs> even, what's so fucking funny, yeah, Pruitt? Even, what's so fucking funny, Pruitt? Even, even the ones that were like kind of moto. Yeah. End up having a little bit of a problem with him. Yeah. Even our sergeant who was like very... Like the the maintenance sergeant, he was like very by oh, yeah. the book. He's still in. He became an officer. Now he's like, yeah, yeah, he's still going. But he agreed with us most of the time. He just thinks that he can change the fucking yeah. Marine Corps. Yeah, but uh, a, you see a lot. He of hated good, him. Yeah, you he see a lot him. of good guys throughout. There's only, I mean, it's few and far between. But you'll, there's a few times where you'll actually meet like a really solid Marine. Like he actually cares about being being a Marine, holding up that standards. And then they're actually a really cool fucking guy at the yeah. same time, which was really weird, but it happened and very we would, rarely. We would give him shit all the time because we were like, dude, like, it's yeah. fucking and he, garbage. Yeah. And he's like, I know it's garbage, but I feel like I can change it. And we're like, don't you feel like, you know, we've been doing this for a long time. Don't you feel like other people thought that they could change it? And he's like, yeah, but it's just, I yeah. have to try. And it's like, yeah, he, 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 he likes the Marine Corps. Yeah. And, and he gave him a lot of opportunity. He came from something. It's yeah. similar to me, you know, like come from, you know, humble back beginnings. Well, you too. It's like yeah, you yeah. come from humble beginnings and it gives you a, an opportunity to, you know, feel like you're a part of something and making a yeah. difference in things. And so, like, I get why there's such a big demand for people going into the military or why people comment come yeah. and talk to us like why shouldn't I and it's like yeah. you guys talk about all these things and you made great friends and it's like I get I get all those things but I was like do you listen to us like do <laughs> yeah. you truly listen to us does this sound like it was a, a good overall experience yeah and, and that's the thing man is like it's it's when you go through like literally a miserable time in your life 
it's always and you what you go through it with uh like you know friends or with someone and you're still friends with that person it's always kind of fun to remember back and be like do you remember that shitty fucking day in the yeah. marine corps and it's like funny the shittiest now. fucking because day. the further you, yeah, you, you get from it it's fun yeah and even in those moments the really really shitty moments from those times you're making jokes yeah you're making jokes because that's the only way you can yeah. get through things and that's why we joke about so many fucking horrendous topics mm-hmm. and i think you guys everybody that listened to us they listen to us for that because it's kind of enjoyable to be like we're all in this shitty situation together like let's talk about butt fucking things you know yeah and it's just like it's random it's out there and it just takes your mind off the shittiness of what's going on because yeah you're always stuck doing some bullshit and this is the thing with the military that no one ever realizes like the hurry up and wait it's hurry up and the hurry up part's like five to ten minutes and the wait is like 24 hours 24 hours sometimes like, the wait can literally be all day. Like, the wait is insane for all this shit that we do. So there's a lot of downtime. A ridiculous amount of downtime. So you spend all the time conversating, joking with your friends. Well, guess what? The normal PC topics just don't cut it anymore. Yeah. Because you need you, more. You can't talk about fucking uh, the Kim Kardashian and Kanye West enough. Because that you gotta tur- talk about Kim Kardashian yeah. fucking yeah. Kanye West. It turns into have you ever watched the Kim Kardashian sex tape on Pornhub? And yeah. everyone's like, yeah. And then it turns into like, I don't know, amputee porn all of a sudden. Like, Midgets, like and, everything but, else. But the thing is, is like it, the military is so boring and bland that that's why these weird, crazy topics are so much more fun to talk about because it's you know, it makes it fun. At least yeah. it's interesting. It's weird as fuck. And you're like, I don't would never have a conversation with anyone outside the military about which porn star I would get a pocket pussy for. Yeah. Like, I would never talk about yeah. shit like that. But we would do, like, I don't know. like the And most, which one would you want? The ass or the vagina? Yeah, like, like, uh, like weird shit like that. And, and, like, or, I don't know. And I, I just think that that's why, like people that are veterans like when they're just so more open about whatever like yeah. anything I can like, talk about fucking yeah. anything you can yeah, literally like, ask anything. me questions and I'll about, take it seriously yeah. I'll try to I'll try to find it's logical conclusion yeah. I don't know how many times we played fuck Mary kill and it ends in like a 30 minute debate yeah on why why, why? somebody else is wrong because you have to you have to know why someone chose that person yeah. and you're like what you kill this person and marry this and they're both two horrible fucking disgusting human beings yeah but just one person thinks this person's less horrendous than the other yeah and it's fucking just stupid stupid meaningless conversation but it's the only way you can get by in that fucking bullshit is you have to conversate like don't get me wrong like there was a few people that didn't really socialize. Yeah. They didn't do very well. No. And they usually... Were the worst. Yeah. They <laughs> sucked as people. And they usually had some external problem after that. Whether it sure. be, you know, like... Well, and not to say that we don't have any external problems <laughs> afterwards. We're, we're doing like, well, the they, best. <laughs> they... they that was our coping mechanism. Like, those things were coping mechanisms. Yeah. Like, those weren't, like... Oh, we were having such a good time that we could do these things. Yes. We were literally to cope with what was going yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. That's that we can make up these horrendous fantasy ideas and talk about them because at least we could talk about something so horrendous and not 
focus on the absolute absolute misery we were currently engaged in. Yeah, that's why that's why in Okinawa, Japan, when there was a fucking typhoon all around our goddamn barracks, and we were locked in our barracks because you're not supposed to work, you're just locked in your barracks when the typhoon hits. That's why some Marines can rationalize in their fucking mind to jump off fourth deck with a goddamn poncho liner it's because the fun. sad reality that you're living in right now is a lot better or uh, uh, you jumping off fourth deck with a poncho liner that third or that like two seconds of some sort of excitement is a lot better than just sitting there doing nothing for fucking hours yeah or days because there was some yeah. or you know having to take a fucking tether from fucking our door of our barracks to the chow hall to get <laughs> a shitty chow food yeah, you know like, it was like you know you take you take in the small things a lot more yeah and it makes but you, there's way better ways of taking in the small things than joining the military. Like, there's way better ways to, like, realize that the small things are the most meaningful yeah, than yeah. joining the military. Yeah, well, that, that, that's what the military kind of does is it suppresses it, people's personalities. Yeah. You have to conform to their bullshit to get to, to, to get along, to get along with anyone. And... Uh, it, when, when you and when you suppress people like that, it comes out radically and can come very destructive very yeah. quickly. <laughs> it happened all the time. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we'll move into our next section and back on the army since we talked about the Marine Corps enough right there. Um, this is a video of I don't even know what this is I guess it's a recruitment video yeah it's a recruitment video for the army it's uh you. I'll just explain it's the animated one about the girl with two moms I'm sure a lot of you have already seen it but we're gonna play it and we might break it down a little bit for yeah. <laughs> alright here we go What's what, what did you say before yeah. that? So they fucking did this intro, and it's like the calling. And it's, uh, let's see, an Asian dude, uh, a Latino, a black girl, a black man, and then a white woman. And I was like, there's no white guy? Like, <laughs> like there's... The majority like, of the U.S. Army. It says the calling, it's for the video, but they, there's literally no white person. And oh, there's a white girl, sorry. Yeah, and she's like questionably white. Which is fine, whatever. But I like I don't give a fuck about their race. But it's like they're literally trying to get minorities. Yeah. It's into obvious the, they're putting it in your face. Yeah, they want minorities in the military because a large portion. There's only. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. There's a, there's a large majority of Hispanics in the military. There's a large yeah. majority of white people in the military and there's a large majority of black people in the navy for some goddamn reason <laughs> i don't and filipinos yeah. i don't know why but at this well that's because the, the, <laughs> our navy <laughs> fucking controls the philippines mm. um so like half their dads are white american navy men ah <laughs> i get it but anyway but still at the same time if you look at the percentages of the united states military especially the army and all those other ones there's probably more diversity in the army than there is in the marine corps to just to be fucking honest. Sure. Um, but it, the portions of minorities that want to go out and fight for the United States, very small. Very, very small. fucking small. For good reason. For yeah. go good reason. So all of you that 
that fell for this. Um, I'm you think sorry. it'd be higher because it's basically welfare. <laughs> <laughs> you have to work. <laughs> Apparently. All right, so she's in. This is the story of a soldier who operates your nation's Patriot missile defense systems. In California, with a little girl raised by two fucking California, dude. Yeah, two moms. That's what she's moms. about to say. Emma, that's her name. Emma. Although I had a fairly typical childhood, took ballet, played violin. Pause it. That is not a typical child. <laughs> Who has two moms, plays violin, and does the ballet? I'm telling you, no one in the Marine Corps does those things. White people. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> dude, they, right, took, so this, they took this, the most upper class bitch to be like, I'm a fucking empowering women. Oh, and yeah. I'm she, well, like, she gets more. Moms. She gets more upper class as this goes on. I just yeah. want everybody to know that. No she one is, in the Marine Corps plays the violin. I'm just saying it right now. She's white, blonde haired, blue eyed with two moms. All right. I'm not saying having two moms is a bad thing. I'm white, blonde haired with two moms dude, as is well. Is this your sister? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I never lived in California. <laughs> Too much money. <laughs> We're poor. Anyways, so it, I don't know. They're. Tr- I don't know if they're trying to get the college sorority chick to go join. That's what it seems like. But I. I don't fucking know. I will keep going. So marched for equality. I like to think I've been defending freedom from an early age. Trash. <laughs> Marching for. Ah, <laughs> oh, never mind. I'm just gonna just play. Yeah. When I was six years old. Had an accident that left her paralyzed. Doctor said she might never walk again. But she tapped into my family's pride to get back on her feet. Eventually, standing at the altar to marry my other mom. With such powerful role models, I finished high school at the top of my class and then attended UC Davis, where I joined a sorority full of other strong women. I did not graduate at the top of my class. I, I don't look at sorority and think, these are strong women. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, you know, I... We, we what went, do you think? We went, what, we what, went to what's ASU, the first thing that I think of? We went I to hear. ASU for a little bit, and we were on Mill in the party scene for a while. So we've seen, in Scottsdale, and we've seen these sorority chicks, and I'm telling you, they have mental breakdowns in the parking lot about their GPA. I, they do not. They, they, they don't. I don't look at them like, oh, these are strong women. <laughs> like, I t- I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think of when I when when I met a girl at that time period, and they were like, oh yeah, I'm in sorority, blah blah blah. Slut. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> all right. That's probably my first thought. Second thought is, oh, you are so disengaged from reality. That's uh, yeah. Um. And I love how even finishing at the top of her class, even with that, I love how that her mom was basically a paraplegic for a little bit of her time frame. Yeah. Um, and they could still afford to send her to college. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild to me. If, yeah. if we had some, if I had some major, dude, I broke my collarbone and I'm pretty sure they were paying that off until like two years ago. Yeah. And my parents make pretty good money now. Yeah, dude. If, uh, dude, I'll just put it this way. If, like, my parents, what I got paralyzed when I was, like, 10, it'd be like, it's 
it's time. It's time to put them down. It's it's old yeller style over yeah. here. Like it's we can't afford this. All right. So <laughs> UC Davis in a sorority. But as graduation approached, I began feeling like I'd been handed so much in life. A sorority girl stereotype. Sure. That's because you are a sorority. <laughs> you were girl. literally handed everything in life. <laughs> I'd spent my life around inspiring women. But what had I really achieved on my own? One of my sorority sisters was studying abroad in Italy. Nothing. You didn't achieve anything on your own. <laughs> Another was climbing Mount Everest. I needed my own adventures. My own challenge. And after meeting with an army recruiter, I found it. A way to prove my inner strength and maybe shatter some stereotypes along the way. I'm U.S. Army Corporal Emma Malone Lord. And I answered my calling. So the white chick from the beginning was the one with two moms. Yeah. God damn it. You didn't know that? No, I didn't realize it was the white. It was the same white chick from the very, very beginning. <laughs> like the one who was like the oh, calling, oh, and she's the white chick on the right and the right. I don't know. If that's why she person. got in there because she has two moms. <laughs> it's gotta be diverse, bro. Like it's all diverse. Like they had, they showed the four minorities, and you're like, why is that white bitch there? Oh, she's got two moms. I wonder if her moms were like, you know, because. <laughs> They're a lesbian. They live in California. They're definitely lefties. Like, yeah. You think they supported her decision to join the army, or I don't know. Did don't... your parents support you? No, they weren't. They weren't very thrilled about me joining the yeah. the Marine Corps. I mean, that's kind of like a ridiculous turn. Like all of a sudden, you're like, uh, you're a white girl in California. Uh, I'm sorry, but I don't know a bunch of white girls from California that are joining the Marine Corps or yeah. an army, whatever. And, uh. You have two moms. You went to an Ivy League school. You were in a fucking sorority. And now you want to join the army? Like, people around you will be like, that's fucking crazy. Like, yeah. What are you thinking? And she joined as an officer. Oh. She'd definitely be an officer. She graduated. Disgusting. Yeah. So even more trash. Wait, what'd she say? Did she... She said, I'm army... I missed that rank. I kind of blurred out every time. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't care anymore. <laughs> well, it's a woman talking. <laughs> Um, let's see what she said. Let's see what she said. Come on, play. Play, 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 play. It's right there at the end. Let's see. Load, motherfucker. What calls... Oh, too far. I don't know what... I'm pretty sure she said an officer's rank. What is going on? Play. Rest. Talking, oh, that's too far. All right, it's almost it. My inner strength and maybe shatter some stereotypes along yeah, the way. Yeah, she's like leading people. I'm U.S. Army Corporal Emma Malone. Oh, she's Corporal. Corporal. And I answered my call. So how do you go to the fucking... Yeah, how do you go to Ivy League? Well, I don't even know if it's Ivy League. I say that, but yeah. she goes to a fucking... It sounds like an important college. Oh, UC Davis? Yeah, and, it's a pretty big college. And how do you, how do you graduate from there? She probably failed. Yeah. She was probably failing. You know who else did that? Forrest fucking Gump. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> I'm going to graduate from a college and then I'm going to join and be an infantry grunt in Vietnam. Yeah, but but Forrest Gump has 
it actually makes sense. He only played football because he was fast. Yeah. He didn't go to college because he was smart. It's true. And so, you know, you don't join a sorority if you're yeah. smart. <laughs> yeah. So maybe she could only go in as a corporal. Or like, yeah, you're not going to be an officer. They don't exclude very many people. The One of the – or that officer that I was talking about earlier that was friends with the um, – uh, the gunny that we were talking about. I mean, we called him uh, 2.6. Yeah. 2.6 on deck because he got a 2.6 GPA and something that had nothing to do with being an engineer officer. And we used to make fun of him. I mean, I'm not going to say I had a better GPA than him when I went to college, but still like, what is your 2.6 graduating GPA? mean to me as a <laughs> and he sucked yeah he's just trash he's terrible he was so unintelligent yeah was and like, so like the, uh, but with this whole fucking recruitment video it's like alright you hit all the demographics you hit the Asian guy the Mexican people the black people and everything else or Latino people and everything else uh, in the fucking beginning and you get the two moms white girl yep big college in the end and it's like Fuck, dude. Everybody needs to stop watching this shit. It was like the most liberal, progressive version of the military I've ever seen in my entire life. And then the reality is... Yeah, because when she goes and she starts telling people that she has two moms, what's the first thing you think the other corporals around her are going to say? So are you gay too? <laughs> You're into threesomes? Yeah. Like, what's up? You bi? Like, yeah. What's up? Like, oh, yeah, dude. Go to Fort Hood. See oh, what happens. Yeah, dude. She probably got hit on by one of those guys in the video after they filmed it. Yeah. I bet you money. Like, bet you money. Yeah. And it's just it's just wild to me. Like, they just constantly keep pushing out more and more, like, crazy liberal things. And these liberal people are going to It does be like, not reflect at all no, with the gonna, military. They're going to join the military and because they're like, oh, it's getting more liberal. They're going to join the military and they're going to see that it's not. Yeah. And that it should never be. Like some of these people are going to turn and they're going to become righties. <laughs> First, they're going to be righties because they're like, my friends are dying overseas because the rules of engagement aren't strong enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's like the, the majority of people that I saw switch. That was one of the big reasons why they switch because they see people die. Yeah. Because we're not getting anything done and they blame the rules of engagement and those were set in place by a whole bunch of lawyers by you know with Obama and blah 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 yeah, blah yeah, yeah. so like a lot of people I see them switch right there because of that I don't want to see people don't want to see their friends die yeah yeah and so they're going to see that or they're going to you know fucking die in Fort Hood because they're one of their NCOs in a follow platoon raped them yeah and they decided to go and speak out about it and then they get a hammer to the fucking head and dismembered and buried in a fucking shallow grave in Fort Hood. Hells yeah, dude. Fucking, yeah. It's pretty insane that, like, dude, there's nothing PC about the Marine Corps. Nothing from the instructors, the drill instructors, or the other instructors I've seen in my life. They were not, it was not a PC environment. No. I mean, like, you literally be, will be called a bitch faggot almost every day. Like, they just say these things. And, like, there, there's things I've been insulted by that I've, I still don't even understand to this day. I don't know what they meant. Like, I don't even understand. And uh, and there's no, like, like yeah, sort of is, like, this sensitivity for, like, race and, you know, sexism. It's sort of there. But when you get to, like, the lower enlisted, dude, everyone's a savage. Yeah. 
everyone is a goddamn savage. Like, yeah. the women are savages. The men are savages. There's only a few... You don't have a choice. Like, you don't... You really yeah. don't... It's like what we were talking about earlier. You should start pulling up the next uh, sponsorship. Um, but you don't really have a fucking choice at a certain extent. Like, you kind of have to... You have to get a thick skin. And if you don't, you're fucked. You're honestly fucked. And it, 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 it goes this way every time because, you know, if you if you constantly complain, people will not engage with you and they won't give a fuck. So you're fucked there. And then you have nobody to talk to because everybody thinks you're a bitch. Like not even male or female, like, oh, you're a bitch. Like just in general, like people think you're bitch made. Yeah, I mean, people, these people need to, like people in the Marine Corps are ready to brutally murder people. Like that's their idea. Like, they're ready As to go to war. Like, they want to. Yes. Like, like ever, even the pogues, and, like, most people in the military don't deploy, but most people want to. They want to go fight the fight. That's that's what you joined for, is, like, to do, to go fight bad guys. And fight for freedom. So you have to, like, in someone's mind, they have to wrap the hand around, like, I have to murder someone. I'm going to do it for my country or for the, my brothers left and right of them. Like, that's the idea. So, like, when you accept that you have to literally murder someone... Like, everything else becomes acceptable in your mind. Yeah. It's okay to joke about rape, murder, child killing. And when somebody like, calls all, you like, out on it, you're like, get the fuck out of my face. Yeah. Like, no one cares. There's no, like, it, it, you. I guess you could get in trouble for saying you things. Can. You can. You can definitely, definitely get can. in trouble for that. If somebody brings it up, you can definitely get in trouble for it. But once you do, everybody in that unit or everybody in that platoon is just going to write you off. Like, they're not, yeah, they we're not fucking talking. Yeah, they hate you. They're not going to be because they're afraid to be themselves around yeah. this person. And guess what? You you need people in the military. You need people. Yeah, you need friends. And you, you know what? If more people start joining that have this, you know, idea, you know, they think like this wokeism stuff. I'm not saying that it's, that the military should be okay with everything that we say. I'm not saying that at all. I think, like I said, majority of it's a coping mechanism. I'm not saying it's a healthy one. Just saying it, <laughs> it is one. Um but, I mean, if you – if more people start joining and they make their little coalitions and their friends and stuff because they think it's – that's how things should be, you know, fine, whatever. That's going to happen and they're going to say things and people are going to get out of the military. But, I mean, if you look at what the military is actually able to accomplish in the last fucking, what, 40, 50 years, nothing, um, then everything's fine. The progressive wokeism is going to continue on and we our military is going to be trashed. Like it has been for a long time. Yeah. And that's okay. I kind of wanted to fucking fail anyways. Yeah. This, um, I mean, this woke, wokeism shit might drive a lot I of just, people either out or away yeah. for joining. And honestly, I just want – I like – I just don't want these people because most of these people, like uh, some of them from this woke mind standpoint or mindset, like they actually think their in, intentions are good. It's like good initiative, bad judgment. We yeah, always yeah, say. yeah. Like they actually believe they're doing things that are good. Yeah. And I, I honestly think that's good about people. Like I don't want to fucking sit there and be like, you shouldn't speak out against like somebody make a fucking really racist joke in a bad setting. Like whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm not saying that you should or shouldn't do that. Like I don't really care. Um, I've said really fucked up jokes in a lot of really 
bad situations because when I get a little nervous, I like to say jokes and, you know, it happens yeah, when trying it's to lighten the tension wrong or make crowd. it way worse. <laughs> yeah, wrong crowd. I get that. I don't think that you should be fucking locked in a prison for it, you know? Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm not saying that these people shouldn't speak out for their beliefs or anything else like that. I'm saying you really shouldn't join the military, not because the military should stay as fucked up as it is. And they should be able to get away with all these things. It's just we should get everybody out of the military because it breeds. It's a breeding ground for these ideas, Uh, not the woke progressive ideas, but like for the really dark individuals to um, revel in the fact that they can be really dark individuals. And and this like wokeism bullshit. So like this whole preaching, I guess it's the critical race theory idea, whatever. Now, when you're at your job, and I'm sure some of you have gotten sort of classes or, you know, some sort of presentation they made you, or even some tests or exam they made you do, uh, online class or whatever for this bullshit. It's, that that same thing kind of happens in the military. It's ten times fucking worse. It's so much worse. Because it's, I mean, there there is like online training, but like the it's it's slow. It makes no sense. The graphics are literally from the nineties. It's it, it's fucking terrible. Or you get some like <laughs> probably black first sergeant that's been in for twenty years or whatever, and he talks to you through a PowerPoint presentation about this bullshit. And he just reads it off the PowerPoint. And they just read it off the PowerPoint. And it's it's so boring. I mean, this is the same thing with, like, when they do those suicide prevention classes. Yeah. And, and the whole time, like, you thinking about, like, how would I fucking end my life right now? Yeah. Like, what's how the best I? way that I could do it? Yeah. And everybody jokes about it on every smoke break. Yes. Every single time. And every time you go outside for a smoke break on these woke prevention classes or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's everybody's making even worse jokes because it's like yeah let's fucking let's fucking take this to its logical conclusion let's fuck this up yeah like that's the thing too is like there there's this huge like uh, in the military like this huge like kind of rebel mentality now it's not the same level of rebel as like they're trying to overthrow their command or anything but it's like any way you could veer off from what they're trying to push on you, you do it. Yeah. So if you can make fucked up jokes when they're pushing suicide or sexual assault, like you're gonna do it. Yeah. And when and when, you do it more. Yeah, you do it more, and you do it with like, you just like almost like this like I don't agree with you, or even if you do kind of agree with them, you're like I'm never giving you that satisfaction. Satisfaction of like me agreeing with you. I'm yeah. doing everything I can to like no matter even if the Marine Corps is telling you something to do that's very productive and like encouraging like actually could help you in your life no one follows like most people just don't follow that shit no. they don't want to listen to any bullshit that they tell them anymore everyone already has it in their mind that these classes and what they tell you is just bullshit and pointless yeah because most of the time it is um and it like that's all how it is i guess yeah like it's i don't know it's fucking retarded all right well we got another sponsorship here who's this one from typo this is from uh a very well-known libertarian uh he was uh, the libertarian chairman for a while, and uh, he, he contacted us big, personally. Big, yeah, big name, and he's been on part of the problem. Uh, he did a Soho form from, debate. He, he ran um, for some position here in Phoenix. Yeah, he Arizona. ran for ran for mayor here mayor, in Phoenix, yeah. and did actually did okay in the yeah, debates. Did pretty good in the debates. Um, uh, yeah, I think. Uh, let me see the name here. Nick Nick Nicholas Starwalk. Yeah. Okay. Nicholas Sarwak sent us this. I wanted to be a librarian the first time I set foot in a library. 
I was always a little different, even at that age, and libraries offered a safe, quiet space where I could find tens of thousands of escapes into worlds of fantasy, mystery, and intrigue. After finishing college, I entered the workforce as a middle school librarian, where I was able to bring that dream full circle and match my students with the perfect books. Now, I get to experience that same type of fulfillment in a very different way here at CIA. I love my job because I have no idea what type of research question is coming through the door next. It might be as simple as an HR officer needing to clarify a law, or as complex as an analyst needing to help identify something they saw in a video still. There's something incredibly rewarding about knowing you are having a very real impact of potentially global proportions. As an agency librarian, I work to ensure that our collection and services are matched up with what CIA needs. Not only am I involved in the acquisitions of journals, books, and countless electronic resources, I'm also encouraged to curate special collections that challenge expectation. Recently, I brought in our intelligence gaming collection to give officers unique opportunities to practice skills they need in their various roles. Instead of sitting for hours in front of a computer-based training, they can play a carefully selected game to train a specific set of skills while simultaneously building on the myriad soft skills essential to intelligence work. My favorite thing about CIA is that they encourage the out-of-the-box ideas that drive real progress. Growing up gay in a small southern town, I was lucky to have a wonderful and accepting family. I always struggled with the idea that I might not be able to discuss my personal life at work. Imagine my surprise when I was taking my oath at CIA and I noticed a rainbow on then-director Brennan's lanyard, which I later learned was designed by Angle, one of the many employee resource groups here at the agency. I remember being stunned. Since then, however, I've learned that far beyond the resource groups, inclusion is a core value here. Officers from the top down work hard to ensure that every single person, whatever their gender, gender identity, race, disability, or sexual orientation can bring their entire self to work every day. Yeah, that's uh we we need a vet or a sponsorship. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like we have been infiltrated. Yeah. But, sounds, uh, but you know, the the Sundress Militia and Nicholas Harbaugh are the other ones that paid us. Yeah. So And they know that we're the number one influential libertarian podcast in the world right now. Yeah. And it makes sense. But no one else wants wants to get on this cut. <laughs> so we have to we have to accept Nicholas Sarwak. And all and you know, we've been preaching about this libertarian unity, so uh I don't see the problem here. Yeah. I just uh <laughs> I, just I think that was Nick Sarwak's actual real story. <laughs> I think I Nick Sarwak, yeah. I just can't believe I can't I can't like it's insane to me how many times they say CIA. Like <laughs> I just couldn't. Yeah. I was trying to count, but it got too high for yeah. me. My favorite part was when he was like, "From my surprise, when I was swearing in to or swearing into my oath, I saw Director Brennan wearing a, a rainbow whatever on his lanyard." Like, it's like do you know what Director <laughs> Brennan did, John? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Holy shit, bud! Dude, our fucking torturers are. Uh, woke and it's okay yeah as long as they're woke they can uh, you know do whatever they want in those off-site locations yeah, yeah the CIA probably knows about us and the CIA yeah definitely they uh, you know I think they should be defunded abolished destroyed whatever you want Order but in the streets but they're paying they're paying they're paying money and this is what we have to advertise on our show because we had one guy that w- with a book 
named Jenkins. <laughs> Ovaltine Jenkins. That he wanted to do a sponsor. And that's the only one we got. And then this, I mean, Nicholas Sarwak reached out. He came to us. And, you know, things are... We need, we need the money. We need, we need the, the money. money. <laughs> like, so I don't want to see any of you giving a shit about these advertisements. This is this is legit. Nick Sarwak, Sundress Militia, CIA, CIA, CIA. I, I don't don't be surprised. You people, I told you people before. I'll switch sides immediately. What do you mean by you people? The people listening. <laughs> these cretins that listen to us. Um, but you know, the, you know, the CIA is paying money. And I said before in this podcast, I would turn this podcast into a socialist one. <laughs> if they, if, paid if, me yeah, if they paid me enough, I would delete everything. Totally switch sides. Where, where, where that rainbow lanyard. <laughs> <laughs> Personally given to me by John Brennan. <laughs> oh. oh shit. I don't know, man. The world's on fucking fire and I'm here for it. I don't like to watch things burn. Like, I'm not, I'm not one of those people that I was like, I just like to sit back and watch things burn. Been trying to be less like that lately. Um, you know, it's just, I don't think it's, it's a good way to go through life yeah. to be like, I like to watch destruction. Yeah, but it's always hard because like. But it's kind of entertaining. When you're on Twitter, it's almost like the world's falling apart constantly. Yeah. You're like, holy shit, a lot happened today. Yeah. And then you walk outside Sun's shining. Sun's shining. CIA birds your, are in the air. Your neighbor flips you off. <laughs> you fucking go to the store. Someone yells at you for not wearing a mask. Like, everything's normal. <laughs> everything's normal. No, I'm just kidding. But, like, yeah, but, like, you, you go to the store or go to the bank or whatever the fuck, and everything's, like, fine. Like, it's, like, it's all just the, fine. The left and the right are freaking out, and, like, no one's freaking out. Yeah, like, like no the majority of people are just Twitter's going, freaking out. The majority of people are just going on about their lives. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't, and that's the, that's like the hard thing to realize sometimes is like majority of people, yeah, they don't care because guess what? They're still going on about their day. Yeah. It doesn't affect them or at least they believe it doesn't affect them. And even if it does, it's a small price to pay for the security that they get to live in right now. Yeah. And it's like, you don't see like the bigger picture and blah, 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 blah. A lot of people aren't bigger picture people. I wasn't a bigger picture person for a long time. Yeah. For a long time. Yeah. And it's hard to it's hard to tell people the world is falling constantly yeah. when the evidence that the world is falling is very like it's going to fall eventually. The other foot is going to drop and people don't care. They want to see the imminent foot drop or yeah. after the foot has dropped. It's you don't want to be scared and outraged forever. No. You just want to be scared and outraged for the five, first five minutes when the article comes out from CNN saying, you know, someone's a racist. Be mad about it for like 10 minutes and then you're like, okay, I can go about my day. I, yeah. did, I did my job today. Yeah. That's, I preached. That was my social justice yeah. work for the I day. I preached today. I fucking sent a fire tweet. I quote tweeted that bitch to the moon. Yeah. And then now I can go about my day and, you know, fucking take my kids to wherever the fuck and... Do whatever the fuck I got need to, to jack off in the bathroom. Yeah, you don't have to like. Yeah, it takes like fucking you know less than like five minutes to post a tweet. Like you know, you see something trending. It's like you know, fucking, got a comment. Yeah, cops, cops kill black guy, and you're like racist, and you get like fucking a thousand likes, and you're like, yeah, I did, I did work today. Yeah, I did work. I did my piece today. I I appease the people. 
And, uh, you know, so it's like, as you're on your way to Childerberg, enjoy the time with face-to-face communication with other people that think like you. And at least for the most part, think like you. Yeah. And have some conversations with people. Yeah, well, Remember I, what it's like. Yeah, let's find the real libertarian. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, don't trust the sundress militia, apparently. No, dude. They paid us money. Uh, we fully support of Nick Sarwak in sundress militia. sundress militia now. Yeah. Eh, all right. All right, fine. I'll take that. Yeah. My dog's getting annoyed at me, so it's probably uh, yeah. about that time to end it. But I hope you guys all enjoy. Um, tell Typo he's a bitch when you see him. <laughs> and uh, I'm probably going to be seeing uh, Shane Hazel when I get out to Georgia this weekend. Hells yeah. So um, maybe... Uh, tell him, we'll, uh, we'll tell him a, I said he's bald. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll get a picture or something in there so we can show everybody that uh, we actually met. And neither of us are CIA plants like the Sundress Militia or Nicholas Sarwak. Hey, they pay us money. Stop. I'm just saying I'm not one. All right. We can still sponsor them. Or they can still sponsor us. We just won't lie about it. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. I hope you guys fucking enjoy. Typo, you got any last words? For everyone going to Childeberg, excited to meet everyone. Uh, Don't... uh, I know when I walk in the area, it's going to be pretty intimidating. (laughs) But, yeah, you can just come up and say... I hope you wear that shirt, too. You can... You can... Yeah, you can just walk up and say hi. You know, I, I, I'm a very nice guy. And you can call... Please call him Typo. Don't call him Tyler. Don't call him anything else. His name is Typo. Call me Professor Boogaloo. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I don't fucking know. I made that um, up. And we'll be on Voluntary Vixens podcast on Monday for your per, or your comeback yeah. trips. Yeah. So you can hear us on that. Um, we're recording with them here soon. So um, that's it for me. That's all I got. Um, uh, yeah. If you're going to Childeberg, excited to see you. If you're not, well, you're a fucking loser. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Later. Yeah.